As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Live from a bunker. And just now realizing how ironic that they're live from a bunker talking 10 Cloverfield Lane, it's Sift I swear, if you try to chain me to a wall, I will take you out. <laughs> no spoilers. I will take you out. <laughs> I just thought of that in the moment. Yeah. Well, as soon as I said live from a bunker, I'm like, that's really ironic considering we're talking 10 Cloverfield Lane today. Which occurs in a bunker. It does. There's there's there are moments in a bunker. Yes, that's about all we're going to say. We're going to try to keep this as non-spoiler uh, yeah. as possible. And we do a spoiler cast as well. So if you've already seen 10 Cloverfield Lane or you want to just be spoiled on it, you can check the Sif Pop podcast feed and it will be there for you. Welcome to Sif Pop with Aaron and Danae. I'm Aaron. I'm Danae. And uh, we're streaming live on Mixler every Friday at noon central or available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. Every week we'll be uh, joined by a culture guru. Except this week, it's just us. This happens every once in a while. Yeah, every once in a it's while. It's just the DNA in the studio and chatting about movies and such. Uh, so today we'll be chatting about 10 Cloverfield Lane and then about an app, a game app that you might want to check out called Nebulous. So Nebulous. all that going to be on the show today. How have things been, Danae? Good. Yeah, how's your week going? So far, really good. Yeah. We've actually got a guest in the studio today. I know. I'm really excited. Um, my girl Megan is with me today. My girl Megan. Tell, you, can tell kinda, us, you can kind of barely hear her tell, in the background. Tell us, tell us about your girl, Megan. Well, she is interested in all things media, I believe would be the easiest way to say it. So, so it's kind of like a job shadow thing? Like she's kind of watching you today and seeing like how you do podcasting, that kind of stuff? Mm-hmm. Nice. Yes. And potentially showing interest in like coming up with things that she could maybe do in the studio in the future. Oh, like a studio DNA intern kind of thing? Potentially. Ooh. We'll see. But we should also mention she is a super fan of the show and has been binging on every episode of She's a Doe and <laughs> Sip Pop and New Music Digest. Um, so much so that she's actually listened uh, that she fell asleep and she woke up and it's still playing. You know. I don't know if that's a compliment. <laughs> It is a compliment. I, f- I fell asleep listening to you. That it doesn't was so sound horrible. like a compliment to me, Meg. <laughs> so yeah, she's in the studio with us today. So we don't have a guru, but we have 
a super fan in the room. That's true. That's so, true. So that's kind of fun. Super fan who will remain off mic for the most part. You guess, I guess, Meg, you could say hello. Here, here, let me, here. here. Use Danae, my mic. Give, give her the microphone. Say hello, Meg. Hi. There you go. <laughs> Perfect. See, it's a real person. Because <laughs> you never know when it's just audio. <laughs> that's right. In fact, there's 20 interns in here wow, who are just dying amazing. to help us out. It's We're incredible. All in the We're going to let you hear one. <laughs> All right, uh, so let's start with a clip, possibly, from uh, Tin Cloverfield. I thought you had one loaded up there on your... I did, but I didn't know if you wanted to do Do uh, We Care first. Oh, yes, Do We Care. I forgot about it. I didn't care enough How about it. How did you forget about Do I We just, Care? I, you know, the, not having the third person threw me off my game. Yeah, let's start with some <laughs> Do We Care. <laughs> okay, my first Do We Care today is Big Hero 6 to return as a Disney television series. Whoa. Do We Care. Couldn't care more. That I am so yeah. That's that's, that's the right, right way to say right it. Say that's it. the right okay. way to say it. I actually had to repeat it <laughs> in my mind. Uh, wow, that's exciting. Yeah, I'm and excited that's... about it too. Meg, yes, thumbs up, thumbs down. Do you care? I She's thumbs down. All right, she you're out. Care. She can't be the intern. She's but... never seen Big Hero Six. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, Baymax, the rest of the Big Hero Six team oh, is going awesome. to be back in 2017, oh, so and it's going to be on Disney XD. And it's going to pick up where the animated film left off. So here's my problem. Here's my issue with things like this sometimes is it's hit or miss with quality, right? So you look at like uh, like some of the Star Wars stuff they've done. Like Star Wars Rebels is right. great. Great quality. Love that it you know kind of exists in that Star Wars universe. That's on Disney XD as well. Then you look at something like Guardians of the Galaxy. They put out the animated Guardians of the Galaxy. It is so bad. Like the quality is mm. bad, the voice I don't acting think is they horrible. Can mess up Big Hero Six, but though. if it's not like if it's not the same voice actors and it's not the same, you know, like the same level of you know putting effort into it that they do with their really movies. Can you really go wrong though with all of these kids superheroes? Like, can you go wrong? I didn't think you could go wrong with Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, that's an amazing concept. Like those people together and what they do. So I don't know. For me, I, I worry. Yeah. That something like this could taint it a little bit, and I just hope they really go all out with it. I do, too. I guess we'll see. I've also thought the same. I thought this about that that movie when it came out, that it make a great TV show. And I also think the same for Zootopia. Zootopia oh. would be an incredible TV show if they did it right. That is true, because so, Zootopia has a, a fully realized world in such a way that yeah. they could really do a lot. And and it's a police show. Police shows are easy because it it's just be a It could be like Zootopia cops. Yes, that's exactly yes. right. CSI Zootopia. I love it. All right. What's next, next up is Google's Chrome Music Lab is super addictive. Do we care? Google Chrome's Music Lab. I don't even know what that is. Yes, I care. Anything Google does, I'm going to say yes, I care. Megan the intern, thumbs up, thumbs down. Whoa, she. Megan's never heard of Google. <laughs> or Google Chrome. <laughs> or Google Chrome. Yeah. Uh, I care about this because I love anything that Google does because I am a robot. That is consumed by all things Google. Uh, I, but, yeah, I've said I've said it once, and I'm saying it even more lately. I think Google should be our next president. <laughs> like, I'm only half kidding. They do, they do interesting experiments, and they release these fun experiments for the human population to enjoy. And the they, human population. <laughs> and this one's about you music. You do sound like a robot when you speak of us as the <laughs> human population. I picked it up on Gizmodo, and it, uh, th- which is the first time I heard about it because I hadn't heard about Google Music. Right. Uh, so it's, um, then I went and I. Went to the Chrome extension and they have it. But basically, from what I can tell, there's different music experiences, like basic concepts like chords and rhythm to more advanced things like spectrograms and oscillators and harmonics. And here's what it this is the arpeggio thing. I'm going to play a little section. Okay, so it's just playing and starting on A. I can click E and it changes. Don't let Danae fool you. She actually just pulled out her harp. 
Uh, she's actually just playing her. And I'm gonna go right to now. D. So that's like that thing. Are you clicking to change the chord? Yeah, that's all I'm doing, and it's arpeggios, right? But right. then there's also the section. Let's yes, see, of course, this guys, one. it's arpeggios. Yes, of course, of course. Here's one called Kandinsky, and there's all these visuals that go along with it that can kind of help us learn. And it's looking like it's wanting me to draw my screen somehow, and I am. Wow. I don't know. You're drawing notes. I'm drawing notes. Don't Appar know what that was. Apparently when you draw eyeballs, that's what it sounds like. There's a sound wave section. There's a spectrogram section where you can see the different instruments. So let's uh, click a harp for, or a flute rather. And you can see the way that the sound waves are mm -hmm. in that particular instrument. Yeah. So it's just experimenting with sound. All right. I want to guess an instrument. Play okay. an instrument. I'm going to guess what it is. All right. All right. That is a... Uh, Oh, what's that thing called? The where you where you hand the oscillator thing where you have your hand near it but it doesn't touch it. That's a wine glass. That's a wine glass. That's what I meant. Yeah, <laughs> right. What you right. put your hand near it but you don't touch it. Let's try that's, one more. That's, everybody knows. That's Guess how this you, one. Okay, that's a bird. <laughs> that's a bird. I'm gonna go with bird on that one. So it's kind of cool. You can just go and Google the extension, and again, it was called Chrome Music Lab. So kind the, of a fun visual way to learn more about music. And I don't think they see these things as long-lasting website, like that people are going to use this forever kind of thing. It I was think more they, like education. Yeah, right? they see an them as like an experiment on how to use the web. So that as so something like this then leads to an idea of something else that could become right. educational or powerful or something. So they just they like putting things out there for people. It's one of the things I love about Google and Android and the products that they do is they're very um, customizable. They want people to play with them because they know that the best kind of ideas and growth come from people being able to hold and play with things. Also the fearless experiment part of them. Right. They don't mind creating a program and then the program fizzles out and dies right, yeah, yeah. and then they cut it out. They're yeah. just like, okay, that was I've what, still got it my, did what it did. I still got my Google Glass upstairs. <laughs> I know all about <laughs> Those are expensive too. I know all about Experimentation <laughs> can be expensive. All right, last to be care is New York Drone Film Festival aims to win over skeptical public. Drone Film Festival. So do we care about the Drone Film Festival? I, yeah, I love drones. Um, I, I, I care. I certainly care. I also care why they think the public is skeptical. What are we skeptical about? Well, you are you don't represent the public. I don't represent public, the public? I don't think. Do Maybe I represent the private? I have what? no idea. <laughs> okay. But what are people skeptical about then? Okay, hold on. Megan the intern, do we care? She does. <laughs> she does. I also Megan, do you care. know what drones are? <laughs> okay. okay. All right. So uh, there's a new film festival kind of being developed um, to showcase film that is recorded using a drone to record the film. Okay. Yeah. So drones are the, you know, flying uh, machines and there's oftentimes, you know, cameras attached to them and they'll, they're able to film from totally different angles. Uh, they're not man they're not being driven because there's a person inside. They're being driven, you know, remotely. So all these movies are filmed exclusively with drones? Yes. That's but, the idea. All um, right. I, I love this. This is great. I think it, a drone footage is amazing. In fact, there's some drone footage in uh, Tin Clover Lane. I guess it could be helicopter footage as well that is, you know, stunning. I love what drones can do. Uh, however, I'm going to challenge that headline as clickbait because I don't think the public is skeptical about drones. Like, I think people get them. But they may be and skeptical about the film being a legitimate art piece. 
I that's that was the assumption that I made, okay. and I haven't de- like devoured. Oh, like skeptical, this. like that your neighbor is some sort of filmmaker when he's dr- flying his drone over your swimming pool. Maybe, yeah, that's kind of <laughs> what I'm thinking. Yes. <laughs> okay. Got also, it. I will shoot it down. <laughs> Got um, it. One of the things I read was that some of the entries were clever, others were silly. A few induced, induced vertigo. Uh, some people almost passed out watching some of these yeah. films because they're so dizzying. Uh, but many were so breathtaking that they drew gasps from the veteran aerial cinematographers that were in the audience. Well, because drones can do stuff that, that you couldn't do with aerial shots before. You know, mm-hmm. they're so versatile and they can move so quickly and change course so quickly. You know, helicopter shots have to be very stationary. And hel- mm-hmm. I mean, helicopters can move, but it's but it's a wide turn. You know, mm-hmm. with a drone, man, you can it's like start and stop and zoom in and move. Yeah. And the sound is different with drones, too. You can silence most of their sound in a way that allows you to pick up, you know, ambient sound from the, you know, the camera. So, so there's different categories. And uh, if you are interested in these kinds of films, look it up. New York Drone Film Festival is the name of uh, what I'm reading about here. They had architecture, landscape, news documentaries, feast, freestyle, and something called a droney, which is basically a selfie <laughs> Drony going on at extreme sports so you can kind of just watch these different films that are being created by these you know filmmakers Drony Drony just reminded me of two things okay you want to guess bronies brony was the first one which is yes. the bro pony lovers yes the the those of us who are men and also think that uh, friendship is magic is an incredible tv we're show. not talking about the deep subculture <laughs> we're just talking about the <laughs> the other was coney do you remember coney 2012 was it where this video came out about this African dictator who was trading. Oh my child. goodness! You remember yes. how huge that, that was? That blew and, up. Yeah, it was how he presented the information. He was doing a call to action for the public to get involved yeah. and try to stop this violent man. And then the filmmaker got so much attention after that film release that he kind of had a mental he went break. Crazy. Yeah, I haven't heard anything about him in a while. No. That's I totally that forgot about and, that. And the reason, and I just it struck my brain. What was that? Oh, Coney, and I was like, wow, that was so huge. I think it says something about our culture too, right? That that was so huge, and then we, like, we had totally forgotten about it yeah. until it just kind of popped in my brain. You know, go us, go <laughs> us for forgetting about you know saving people from being you know uh, turned it's into over, child. It's overwhelming, though. It is you know? overwhelming. It's hard to think about every second of every day all the awful stuff that goes on around the world and how to make a difference. Yeah, and how to yeah figuring out what. That's our role why I it. brought I bought this bracelet. Right, I spent twelve bucks. And I'm helping somebody in Cambodia. There you go. And I look adorable. <laughs> <laughs> It serves two purposes. It's amazing. So that's the end of my do cares. All right. I I did a good job. I've stopped trying to find seven or eight. I just find three now. That's great. And uh, because I want to talk about everything. And I think I think they were all pop culture related. Thank you. I'm getting better at it. Fist bump. I try that's, to stretch the Meg, the realm of pop culture. Make the fist bump is a uh, it's that's a, tri- a bi- that's a big Hero Six reference you that go. you wouldn't get because you've never seen the movie. So <laughs> everyone knows what a fist bump is. Then you do this. You go like this. How can go, she not? Oh, you go. Okay, there you go. Yeah, there you go. That's how that works. Want to get that out? All right, let's talk about Ten Cloverfield Lane. Something's coming. Indeed, something's coming. Uh, And not many people knew it was coming. One of the big things about 10 Cloverfield Lane that I guess we can start off with is kind of the marketing that they did a little bit differently uh, in that nobody even knew this movie existed until like a month ago. 
like a month or two ago, they kept it secret completely, and then the bomb dropped. Hey, there's a Cloverfield sequel coming. Part of the reason that it was able to stay uh, anonymous was that it was actually being developed under the name Valencia, mm-hmm. yeah. which was their working title because there was a scene that was cut from the movie where uh, John Goodman's character named Howard ends up talking about like his experience with, I think it was like a military experience in a town called Valencia, and it was like this powerful moment, mm-hmm. and he kind of got a chance to really understand his character, and they ended up cutting that scene from the movie. Wow. So there's no like existing reference even in the film that you would go see in the movie theater. To Valencia itself. Right. I think that's brilliant. I've talked many times on this podcast uh, and in other places about how I wish movies would do less marketing and that we could go see them with a blank slate, not having seen trailers, not having seen footage from the film. We actually watched the trailer to Tin Cloverfield Lane today after seeing it yesterday and we're blown away by how much it gives away. It really did. And I was, I was so, I, I was really disappointed because I thought they were attempting to not have that happen with like this movie. Spring the movie on the public, not, yeah. to, not show a lot, not share a lot. And the only thing I can think is that J.J. Abrams must have been dealing with marketing people who were like, no, we have to, people won't come if we don't show them clips from the movie. They will not go to the theater. And I just think... Somebody's going to challenge that someday and realize that people have a better experience when they can be told a story for the first time and not know where it's going, you know? I completely agree with you. So I completely agree with you. Watching the, the trailer was really disappointing for me because I was thinking, that they showed so much. <laughs> so let's talk about the movie itself. Uh, we are going to give as little away as possible because we don't want to do that to you. Right. Uh, so I'm not going to go into plot details other than to say it stars John Goodman. Uh, do you know the, the as Howard as Howard? Do you know the girl's name who's in it? There's she was the there's girl. really three actors that are in this John Howard a girl and a guy uh, I've seen both the girl and the guy before I just don't remember their names uh, and they come together in the Cloverfield universe in an interesting situation. There's mystery. There's suspense. There's drama. There's a little bit of terror things you would expect from this universe of Cloverfield. Uh, it is loosely tied to the Cloverfield movie in that it takes place in the same universe. So I guess that's one thing to talk about right away is that if you're expecting like a legitimate Cloverfield sequel, that's not what this is. It's another story. Although I would have no idea what you're universe. talking about. I didn't even see the first one, so I have no idea what you're talking about. But, and, but you know, that's what I was reading about the more I read into kind of the history of it. Okay, so John Gallagher Jr. is the guy's name who played Emmett and Mary Elizabeth Winstead played and, Michelle. And she is the girl from... Uh, Scott Pilgrim, I think. She was. Like, oh yeah. Okay, that's the, that's where I recognize. I was like, I've seen I her so. before. But I think so. I, yeah, I recognized. I recognized. And I know her. I've seen John, John Gallagher Jr. before. I just can't place where it was. I mean, we check that out in a little bit. But let's start off as we always do. Liked it, loved it. It was okay. Disliked it, hated it. Danae. I think I liked it. I loved it. Did you? Oh, I oh, loved it. Oh, that's interesting. It. Okay. I really loved I'm it. I'm curious about this because this is the type of movie I would say is a suspense mm-hmm. movie. Yes. I don't know if it's called a suspense thriller. Yes. But I, I don't know how to categorize. And because I don't watch movies like this, I did not know what I was experiencing. Right. I didn't understand how to relate it to anything else. I don't see movies that... If you tell me this movie is going to scare you, I'm like, meh. I'm, I'm out. out. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to be I'll scared. I'll go have ice cream and a donut. Yeah. I'm good. This is the movie. This is a movie I would show to people when they say, well, what's the difference between suspense and horror? Yeah. This is the difference. This is not a horror film. This is a suspense movie. Right. And it takes you on a ride where you're on the edge of your seat, but it's not trying to gross you out for gross you out sake. Although there are some gross out moments in this, just a, just a couple of them, but they're very story oriented 
And where a horror movie is just trying to scare you, to shock you, to jump scare you, those kind of things. There are some jump scares in this. I would challenge that a little bit. Oh, the, come on. No, 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 no. The, the things you're thinking of are suspense scares. They build up. It's not like, oh, nothing's going on. Boom. There's like, you know, something happening in the background that you know it's about to happen and you, it's oh, going to so happen. Oh, so jump scares are totally unexpected? Exactly. Yeah. A jump oh. scare is where like you, nothing, don't know you don't know anything. That is true. I would say that this movie does give some, like it indicates that there's something to come. It, yeah. it kind of like tells on itself a little bit in that right. way. So let's talk about specifics. Uh, you said you think you kind of liked it. I think it. I kind of liked so it. So what was it about you think you kind of liked? Um... So not giving spoilers away is hard because is I want to get so specific about some of the things here. So I'm going to just be way, super general. We will yeah, I, in our spoiler episode. Right. So if you subscribe to the podcast, Siftpop, S-I-F-T-P-O-P, uh, you will have that in your feed if you want to listen to the spoiler talk. But go ahead. I think what I liked about it is that there were just three characters and it was a very like kind of it's just a different approach to spending my time doing something mm -hmm. like I'm like, I am choosing to sit in this theater and watch these people talk to each other and interact and yeah. see what's going on. It's very, it's almost very uh, like a stage play. Yeah. You know, it's way. like three people in a room. Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. But I was subject to having a lot of questions. Like I just didn't, I didn't, I couldn't tell if I was liking it. Although I was appreciating the performances and I thought that they did a great job in their performances. Mm -hmm. So did you think, who did you think was the best of the three of them? How would you rank them, I guess? There's only three. You could just kind of look at them and go, wow, I was really drawn into that performance. Or that one was good, but not as good as the others. Was there any of that, or were they all on the so, same level? So we've got uh, John Goodman playing Howard, and then we've got um, Mary playing Michelle, which mm -hmm. is the main female character. And then Emmett is this th the third person you know, in this bunker. And I think that I would rank Michelle and Howard together. Yeah. I mean, they John were, Goodman. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's certain things that each of these characters do that I think I can appreciate. You know, when you're playing a character like Michelle, who is kind of finds herself. I think she was the best. She finds herself um, trapped, essentially, and trying to figure out whether she's trapped and she should be trying to escape or not. Mm -hmm. And it's this like kind of pull in her life. And I think that's a hard thing to portray. Yeah. Because there was so much going on in each scene. There's a different level of complexity. And then her character gets more and more complex as time goes on, as you learn a little bit about her past and you learn a little and bit about her. And she learns a little bit more about the people around her. Right. And yeah. 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 So I thought, I thought she did a good job of carrying those details in real subtle ways because it's not like she, when you have, when you do an entire movie in a small bunker, it's not, you, you, no, she doesn't have any space to just go be by herself and think about things. And, you know, and it seems like, you know, she's really having to make decisions in the moment. And I thought she did a good job of portraying that. And when she was genuinely, you know, like scared or feeling anxious, it was really carrying well. But, um, yeah, I think I'd rank her first too. I, I definitely I think now would. that I'm thinking I, about it, I would rank I her first. I think because I thought John Goodman was great. Yeah, he did a good job. But I thought her emotional resonance was greater than the other two. When she was feeling something strongly, when she was crying, when she was afraid or whatever, and I, it's not, I, I completely believed it. I liked, too, that she wasn't like super girly cry. Right. She's like genuine freaked out cry. You yeah. know, kind of like, I think that's what I would do if I woke up yes. in her circumstance. There is, there is, this is another movie that I think gets, I'm just going to call it feminism, but it gets the idea of a strong woman correct. Yeah. You don't quit, you, you don't stop being a woman. You yeah. know, you don't take on man characteristics, no. but you're, you, you find strength in your womanhood, you know? Yeah. And so I say it, uh, 
one in a series of movies because I thought the same for Ray in Star Wars. I thought yes. she was that same kind of girl, you know, where it was like she didn't quit being a girl. She right. was just very strong in mm-hmm. who she was in Survivor. Yeah, and it's it's a different it's a different take than like Sigourney Weaver in Alien or something like that where she becomes almost, you know, has machismo to her. Like there's a, a manliness to her. So So what didn't you like about the movie? Uh, or what did you like? Did you say what you liked? Oh, I liked so much. Oh, okay. Do you want me to talk a little bit about the stuff I liked? But just a little bit. Just a little bit? Yeah. I'm just going to say, first of all, this movie reminded me so much of classic Alfred Hitchcock. Oh, and I love Hitchcock movies. Like the more f- simplified dialogue kind of a thing? Yes. Yeah. And telling the story with the camera. The first scene in this movie is brilliant. I mean... Leading up to the cr- the the title credit yes yeah leading up to the title credits is some of the most um it was capturing captivating filmmaking i've seen and it tells us everything we need to know without zero dialogue well and everything we need to know i don't agree with that i don't think it told us everything we need to know at that moment in the story it created a lot of curiosity yes but you're right it did show it only really revealed one for sure thing yeah in my mind well for me, what I'm saying, everything we need to know is about who this person is, what they're doing, yeah, uh, where of. they're, you know, what they're Not going everything. through. Everything. It I, gave you just enough. Okay. I think I've, I would disagree with you on that. Just enough is exactly what I'm saying. Like I'm saying, it created exactly the information we need to have in the story at that moment to be interested and to get into it. You know what it reminds me? It reminds me of movies that give you too much. They're like in the beginning. Yeah, there was a girl. Yeah. With a dream. And they feel like they need to do voiceover yeah. or in. But this is exact opposite. Right. And I loved that because it's like, oh, I'm going to be. And t- and it, actually that theme of allowing us, the viewer, to carry a lot of assumptions mm-hmm. and figuring out the puzzle ourselves carries through the entire movie. Yeah. Which was fun, too. It allows the audience to be the smart one. Like it doesn't play down to the and audience. And also the dumb one, because I'm, I'm still one. confused. No, sure, no sure. <laughs> and so we'll talk about that in the spoilers. I'm guessing. I'm still a little confused about a lot of it. Well, and I think what you're confused about probably has to do with the one thing I didn't like about the movie. But I, we'll get there in a second because I also uh, want to talk a little bit about the director of this movie, just personally. And I think I've had conversations with you about this guy, Dan Trachtenberg. But isn't this his first movie? It's his first movie. Okay. But I I watched a show. On the internet, a lot of people did. It was a very popular internet show called The Totally Rad Show. And it was these three guys that did what we do. They just talked about movies and TV and pop culture, and they did a show together. So and clearly they were amazing. They were incredible. Um, Great people. Jeff Kanata, Dan Trachtenberg. Living their dreams. And, uh, and Alex as Making well. Making a there. difference in life. And, and what's, what's interesting about this process, in when you listen to something like this, or I listen to other podcasts or whatever, you feel like you know these people, you know, right? Even though we're never in the same room, you know, you, you feel like get you know us, and we feel like we know you, and we're kind of this, you know, community that doesn't even get a chance to meet sometimes, right? So Dan Trachtenberg was one of those guys, and I always loved hearing him talk about movies, and he would always talk about Hitchcock, and he would always talk about Spielberg. Those are kind of his two main influences. Right. And I see those fingerprints all over this movie of Spielberg and Hitchcock. And so it's really interesting because I feel like somebody I know just directed an amazing movie. Mm. You know what I mean? And so it's like... You're like, you're like yes. Yeah. It's like, so that's oh, one I, of knew your that, I knew that guy way back when. And so I say that to say, first of all, that that probably shades my view of the movie. So that in some ways I kind of remove myself and go, I'm I'm biased. Like I'm going to admit I'm biased here because I like that guy and it's really interesting that he's making a movie. At the same time, I try to put on my critical eyes and I, and I just think, 
no, I really think he hit it out of the park. I really think it's really good. I would agree with you. So if one of your positives is the the director, yeah. and like the way that the film was. I agree with you. There were some really beautiful moments in this film because I was a little afraid that it was going to be something that I wasn't going to enjoy because it is out of my realm of movies I want to see. I don't want to watch suspense, scary movies. Right. But this one was like, oh, this is... <sighs> I'm going to liken it to like an intense, uh, you know, episode of CSI or something, yeah, you know, like it's, it's not like something I haven't seen before. This isn't going outside of the realm. Um, when I sat down and I was thinking about the last kind of scary movie that I saw, it was which one? It was the one was with the M. Night, M. Night Shyamalan, yeah, the, the, visit. the Visit or something mm-hmm. like that. And I really don't like ones like that. But it didn't that movie didn't go into the supernatural and it didn't go into like the creepy like mouths that open up and then they get wider and wider in their eyes you know like yeah. it didn't go into those it just plays on your fears a little bit you know this one for me it never went too far that i was like but the whole entire movie i was like on the i hoping it didn't go too far for yeah, me yeah. so i i was a little bit out of it but in reflection looking back on it i think i can really appreciate almost every element of it and the directing is one of those things i think i can really appreciate because there were things that he did like for example there were a lot of scenes where he would focus on their hands. Like, how can we emote through our hands in this picture? Yeah. Like, in this moment, we are going to have the camera spend a good 10 seconds on your hands. How are your hands going to tell the story? There is a key scene, and I mean that in two ways. There's a key scene in the movie. I know. That is, yes. that is told with oh, man, I was, that, facial expressions that and hands. That scene that you were talking about was the most intense scene for me in the entire movie yeah oh that was crazy okay (laughs) the other thing i love about it is the other way it trusts the audience to be smart is the storytelling uh so many movies that have twists or turns or whatever they try to do this blatant foreshadowing and different things like that this movie just allowed you to think what you wanted to think Mm -hmm. make assumptions that you wanted to make Think about, oh, is this person possibly like this? Is this? But it never tried to guide you in a way. It just told you the story and let you figure out the information as the movie presented it. Yeah, it's a fun movie to watch in that way. It really is because there's something to be said for what M. Night did with his twists was he got people looking for twists. And so he would go to an M. Night movie after like, you know, signs or, you know, how he'd had a few in the uh, in the bank and you'd go, okay, what's the twist? I'm going to find it. That's not a fun way to watch a movie. You yeah. want a story to be told to you. And I think this movie understood that in a very real way and and just kind of told the story. So what's one of the things that you didn't like? The only thing that I really didn't like was this movie becomes a completely separate movie at the end. I That was one of the things I didn't like about the movie. Yeah. And we won't tell you anything about that. We'll just yeah. we'll just move on from that. Yeah, there's, there's no way to tell you anything I about also, that. I also, one of the other things that was kind of on my, I don't know that I liked it list was there were times when the music felt like it was out of place. Oh, see, I, dis- and, I disagree with that. But. And here's, here's, here's what I realized as I was thinking about this today mm-hmm. is that the music is almost like there's this one particular scene uh, where two of the characters are talking and the music in the background kind of gives the impression that something weird's about to happen. Mm-hmm. But there's no payoff. Right. But maybe that's part of what was great about it is that it's not following those same rules. Right. Interesting of note is this is his first time to compose a movie. The uh, composer is? is? mm -hmm, This is his first big one. He had his start uh, doing television. Oh, that's cool. And he did um, a sci-fi one. I was reading about last night. Um, I'm going to forget about what it was now. It's fine. But that's cool. Galactica, maybe Battlestar Galactica. Battlestar Galactica. Mm Mm-hmm. And so he got his start doing that, and he loves composing. Um, and so the director 
enjoyed his work. And so this is his first like big kind of film. That's so cool. So it's kind of, you got a first time director and a first time, you know, I liked the music. I liked what they did with the music, but there's just a couple times that, and maybe it's good that it stood out to me and kind of became its own character. Well, and, and for me, I thought the music did a job because I wasn't focused on it. It didn't, mm-hmm. dis- it didn't distract me. And then when That's I started true. hearing the themes in the end credits, mm-hmm. it's like, wow, those are beautiful. Like I, yeah, I wanted yeah. to go back and listen to yeah. those themes yeah. because they just played their role in the movie. And, you know, I wasn't I wasn't listening to them just as music. But what I was going to say was part that I loved was the sound design. Sound is a character in this movie in a really interesting way too. opening doors and different things. You know, they're aquarium tank. or Yeah. Yeah. It's just there's it's it's really I would encourage you. Yeah. To see it in a theater that has good sound because it's sound is definitely plays a big role in kind of what goes on here. But, yeah, I thought if there's anything to take away from it, even though I thought the end of the movie was good, I actually liked that part of the movie. Uh, it does become a different movie, and it was a little jarring. So yeah, yeah, it it, it is different, but it, that might be because there's maybe there's a more to come in the storyline, and so. they're doing some sort of a kind of a handoff or something. Absolutely. So overall, <sighs> do you have like uh, one more thing about Cloverfield Ten Lane, Ten Cloverfield Lane? I think for those who would be on the fence, like myself, on whether or not you want to watch it or not, um, I don't know. Because I don't know. I don't know if you have to see the first one to understand or enjoy this one. I don't think you do because well, I enjoyed like- it as a separate. Uh, you know, I liked it as a separate movie. It didn't it didn't feel like I was missing out on something like there was no like inside story that I was missing out on, which right. sometimes happens when you're watching a television show or a movie that has other substance to it. And you're like, oh, I'm missing out because I didn't I haven't paid attention before. So I would definitely suggest that. You can see this movie without seeing the first one. And then I also would say that it's not it's not that bad. Like it gets a little it gets intense, no lie. But it's not something where it pushed over into where I was like, I can't enjoy this because I just right. took it too far. That is the beauty of a suspense movie done well, is you feel the adrenaline of the the fear but not the, um, for me, I'm just being personally, I think a lot of people who enjoy suspense movies feel this way. Mm-hmm. You feel that adrenaline, of, oh, what's going to happen? Edge of my seat. Oh, I'm kind of scared for this or that or what is going on here. Without the um, the crassness is the word I'm going to use okay. of, the, of taking it too far, you know? And so it's just, for me, that's why I love suspense is I'm able to just kind of sit in it in that way and experience. I have one more question for you. Do yeah. you think it was slow? Like a slow pace no. though? You don't? I don't. I did. I I did think it was a slower paced movie, it, but I don't know. Maybe well, no, no, just... no. Okay, well, it was. It is a slower paced movie, but I never felt like, oh, come on, can we just get to the next <gasps> oh, thing? Oh, I see. Okay, yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. Yeah. So s- slow, yes. It it takes its time. It breathes in its story. Yeah. But I never was. My mind was always occupied. Okay. Like I never. Well, that's was down. true. My my mind was always occupied thinking about something. Um, but I did feel like, I guess maybe I expected like when you're going to go see a suspense movie, that it's just like nonstop action mm-hmm. suspense, which means you're gonna have a heart attack by the end, maybe. <laughs> so I'm kind of glad that I'm glad that they chose the pace that they chose. This is a great movie to see. I just thought of this. This is a great movie to see right before we do Danae finally sees of Strangers on a Train next week. Really? Strangers on a Train is a Hitchcock movie. <gasps> oh, interesting. Okay. So, so that, this is a really like interesting a good, like, thing. Like a little, like a little segue. Yeah. Okay, yeah, cool. this is really interesting. So uh, just as a heads up, next week on the podcast, uh, we'll be doing uh, Danae Finally Sees because Danae hasn't seen a lot of classic movies. Uh, or you've, movies in general. Or movies in general until the last you know year or yeah. so. Uh, that uh, you guys voted for Strangers on a Train 
for Danae to finally see that. So, so that's next week. So that is next ah. week. We'll be doing that. We would love to hear your opinion. If you decide to go see 10 Cloverfield Lane or if you've seen it already, uh, let us know what you thought. Let us know what you think about the movie. You can always email us, Aaron and Danae at gmail.com. So can I say my one more thing? I yeah. didn't get a chance to do it, but uh, my one more thing is another way the audience is treated uh, as intelligent. Oh, yeah. No, like, mega clever one-liners. You know, oh, where, you know, they throw out a clever pun one liner that, you know, nobody would say in the moment because they're having a, you know, a moment uh, and nothing seemed telegraphed. You know, everything just kind of <laughs> you experienced it as it happened. I you know? watched uh, the next episode of Fuller House. <laughs> and so everything that you're saying, like about the one liner, uh-huh, like yeah. no one would say that in the moment. Like, yes, there's a clear example. <laughs> you're absolutely right. This movie is in the moment. It is an in the moment movie and just like that we need a 10 cloverfield lane fuller house no spin-off where oh my goodness <laughs> where the tanners no no are in a bunker together no <laughs> no 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 i think that would be amazing i am really I excited think... to spoil this movie with you though here in a minute yeah really, we'll, really we'll do that we'll have that in the podcast feed as well talk a little bit about our patreon supporters danae patreon.com slash aaron and danae mm-hmm. it's patreon.com slash aaron and danae that's where our super fans go to support this podcast monthly with whatever you can do. Dollar, two dollars, three dollars a month. Whenever you give, there are perks like getting the podcast early. So as soon as we finish up the show, we get it all up on Patreon for you as an example of one of the perks. It's uh, not an exaggeration to say this podcast wouldn't exist without people's support on Patreon. Because Patreon support launched this podcast, uh, another podcast on the Shoe the Dough Network called New Music Digest. Uh, so your support is growing the show in some fun and interesting ways. So it's really humbling to think, you know, you listen to a couple people talking into microphones about, you know, stuff they care or don't care about, and you're willing to throw a couple bucks our way every month. That's just, We really, really appreciate it. It's really humbling, and we, we thank you for that. So again, check it out, patreon.com slash Aaron and Danae. That's A-A-R-O-N-A-N-D-D-E-N-E-E. Good job. Thank you. Thank Good you. job. I was trying to think if I should put the whoosh on the E, but... <laughs> no, no, no. You don't. Leave that you out don't. of the URL. Danae That'll has mess a, things up. Danae has a, a sante goo. It's true. On her final it's E. It's true. In- it's true. I have a sante goo. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> that was good. That was really good. That was profesh. All right. Well, we've got some time here uh, to talk about an app that Danae and I have been playing. <laughs> Obsessively. We figured since it's just the two of us, we can kind of pass this on. Before we, we get to our buried treasure. I got myself into some trouble. I went back to uh, um, an, a website called agar.io. A-G-A-R.io. Agario? Agario. That's and what I would call it. The website is just that. A-G-A-R.io. And I got addicted to it again. Essentially, you're just a little orb. And yeah. you just absorb other smaller orbs and try to get to be the biggest mass well, on the board. It's important to note. It's important to note those other orbs are other players. Other players, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if they, you're bigger than them, right, you can you absorb, absorb them. them. If they're bigger than you, they absorb they're you. They're going to absorb you. And there's a couple other things to know about. You know, this game. Like, let's say that there's someone smaller that's going to zoom in by. As you get bigger, you slow down because you can't move as fast. You can Makes like sense. launch half of yourself out at them to absorb them as they go by. Uh, you can also just expel some of your mass to shrink yourself down so that you can speed up or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of got some strategy to it. And people go and they play teams. And I went to get their app, the Agario app, and it just wasn't working well for me. Okay. So I tried the next app that was kind of suggested, which was called Nebulous. And that is where Aaron and I have now lost all of our predictivity. <laughs> now we come to this <laughs> full 
into this moment where we need your help. The real to stop. reason we don't have a guru this week <laughs> is because we we've been playing too much of uh, Nebulous. That's actually not true. But it's, it's not true. We're good at we're we're good at multitasking. That's, that's what we like to tell In ourselves. In fact, I'm going to play this right now. While we... <laughs> so Nebulous for me, uh, I have really mixed feelings on. Um, she actually is playing right now. Um, so we've lost an A. So I'll just I'll just tell you a little about Nebulous. Um, for me. I like the gameplay rules. I love the idea that there's like ways that your little blob gets split apart and ways that it comes together and ways that you can trick other people into, you know, because it's it's not just a um, like a practical action game where you have to do actions. It is a game where there is strategy. You know, yeah. there there are ways that you can trap people in corners. There are ways that you can surprise people and, you know, lead them to a place. And so there is a little strategy to it that I like. My problem is, and it's a big problem, I think the gameplay is awful. I think it's really hard to control. And so I go back and forth. I have this thing. It's happened all week that I've been playing this. I'll be like, oh, I want to play Nebulous. And I'll go on and I'll play and I'll get my my character, which, by the way, is called Cow. It's just a picture of a cow. It just says cow. My character is called Moo. Mm-hmm, of course. And we're in a clan, by the way, together. Called Shoe the Doe. Shoe You're the welcome Doe to clan. join us. Yeah. Uh, so I'll get on and I'll play and I'll move my guy around and I'll saw him and be like, oh, this is cool. I'm, you know, I'm getting so big. I'm a thousand mass. You know, I'm, you know, in third place, blah, blah, blah. And then some bigger guy will trick me and swallow me. And I'll be and I'll be like, oh, man, I'll throw my phone down. Like, I don't want to play that stupid game. <laughs> So your problem is just that you don't, you're not, you're not a good a no, loser. <laughs> my problem is, my problem is I feel like the effort it takes to control my guy to do that isn't worth the positive experience I'm getting out of being in third place. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, there's this give and take. So my phone will sit there on my bed, you know, for a little bit. I'm watching TV or whatever. And then I'll be like, I don't want to just watch TV. I want to be doing something. <laughs> I'll play Nebulous again, and I'll pick it up, and I'll play, and I'll do it again, and I'll throw it back down. And it's just uh, like funny. it's like this, you know, Sisyphean task for me, you know, where I keep pushing the boulder up the hill, and it keeps rolling back down. I'm really interested because Nebulous, the game, seems to be archaic in some ways. Like the way that they develop the app, it's kind of like an old website that you go to, an old forum you go to. Uh, it's like my first experience on Reddit. I'm like, what? How do I get around? Yeah. How, do I, how do I perceive this? Like, in, unless you've been doing it for a while, you don't even know how to. There's not a lot of explanation. They call that UI user interface. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's. There's not really a lot of walkthrough or explanation of how to operate this game within the game itself. And it's really confusing. They have a help manual. I'm sure they have websites. I'm sure there's articles and things like that that we could go and research. But you know, we made a clan. And it's like that was just we accidentally stumbled on that being an option. And we have no idea what it does. It's not we have like, no idea how to use it. Like in like Supercell's game, for example, you know, like Clash, Clash of Clans. Of clans. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty obvious and easy to know how to make a clan or to join mm-hmm. a clan. And this one, it's like weird. You have to click in weird sections and, you know, nothing is really displayed in the way that you think it's going to be displayed. And as I said. I don't know what it does. Like, I don't know what's a clan supposed to do. Well, there's apparently like clan wars and things like this. But how many people are actually using this app? There are like, how many downloads do you said that there were? Like something like 10 million or oh, something crazy? Oh, yeah, there crazy? are a lot of people who have downloaded it. There's a lot of people who play it and love it. And it gets really great reviews. I think if you've been with it for a while, it gets easier to use. For me, I think that the interface is is fine. Uh, it's better than the Agario app. Well, I can tell you true. that. Because on Agario, it was... It was really glitchy. Um, I it just didn't work very well for me. This one has even some uh, customization. You can make your 
so so on the right hand side you have like a circle and you put your thumb kind of like on that circle and that's like you're directing your mm-hmm. orb yeah. around. Yeah. On the left hand side you've got two square buttons. One is to launch half of your mass at somebody to try to take them out. The other one is to launch little parts of your mass so that you can shrink in size. I or know make them bigger. That might not or make move, sense. Or move a black hole towards them to split them apart. Yeah. Um, and you can actually change the size of those buttons in because you have some customization options in mm. this app that you don't have in Agario. I didn't know that. You can change uh, a lot more. There's a more to play with. And uh-huh. that's one of the things I like about it is because you're going into these different rooms to sort of go and battle against other people. And you see a lot of interesting customizations. The other thing is that on Agario, it's just a basic play, normal game. But like Aaron, like you just mentioned, galaxies. So... Um, in Nebulous, the game, there's different things on the board besides other people that you can interact with. Like Easter eggs. There's, yeah. <laughs> what are those? <laughs> I don't know. There's different Nebulous that make you bigger. There's some that make you, you know, split up. There, mm-hmm. So you have to kind of like get to know what's happening on the board. And they've introduced something called Mayhem, which is a board that has different ways where you can absorb like... Uh, poison, and like then you powers. can launch poison at yeah. somebody, and it makes them get smaller. So there's ways a that freezing, yeah, juice or whatever, or bombs, mm-hmm. and there's just different ways that they're making the game more, uh, like a little bit different to keep your attention. So if a game is interested in, like a game developer is interested in adding some features instead of it just being a basic gaming model, I think I'd stick with it because. I like to be working. They've got a lot of work to do on the interface. You're absolutely right about that. I mean, how long did it take us to realize that when we were clicking one player, we were playing against robots? Like you had to actually click the multiplayer button to play against against other people. Right. Which I would have assumed, knowing what I know about the game, that multiplayer just meant you were playing with a teammate. Right. That's what I thought. And one player, you know, you're playing. And so, like, it's just, it's very unclear how you're supposed to do things in this game. You have to, you know, figure it out. But even though it seems a little archaic and it seems like a little bit dysfunctional, I still like it better than Agario. And it's just, it's a fun game. I like games like this where you, you can sort of just mindlessly go around and eat little dots and, you know, once you get big, you can kind of like get, you can do some strategy. I know what it is. And you know what? You and I, Aaron, were able to get on the same board and play together. Meaning yeah, that was you and I could work together to try to take out the biggest player. Moo so, and Cow from the Shoe the Dough clan. That's right. Moo Cow. Yeah. Watch out. Uh, I just realized what I think it is. You what? said you're able to mindlessly play it. I don't think I'm able to mindlessly play it. I have to, your eyes have to be on the screen the entire time. So I, it's hard for me to play it, yeah, but it's not, while I'm it's watching not TV difficult. or something like that. No, no, no. Yeah, when I said mindlessly play it, I didn't mean like, you know, that I can look away from the screen. But most games you I can. Meant, I, I mean, meant, most games I play, you can. I meant that I can. Like it's a very simple thing. Mm-hmm. You are just moving your thumb around right. and trying to avoid or chomp things. Yeah, which is not difficult to do. Yeah, but once so but meant. once you understand the rules of the universe, which. You know, you have to understand like what the galaxies do and that kind of stuff, which can be a frustrating process learning that because you get, you know, chomped up so many times by stuff you don't even realize is possible. Um, but I think for me, I think that's what it is. I think I can't watch TV and play it. I think that's my problem is I like to mess around on my phone while I'm watching TV or something like that. And this mm-hmm. one, I have to stay focused on my phone. And so I'm missing what's going on the TV. So I know if I'm going to play this while I watch TV, it has to be a TV show I can just listen to. And okay, not actually so watch. what is your preferred mindless game that so you Adventure can watch Capitalist TV? is easy because every once in a while you just have to buy certain things. Uh, Clash of Clans is pretty easy because it's, you know, 
you have time where you do things. In in any game, like even let's say um, let's say Candy Crush, I can watch a scene and then go back to oh, my Candy like Crush. Like your board hasn't advanced with that. I guess right. You're saying. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. If I look away from Cow on my screen, it's going to get chomped. You know, for a, <laughs> even a split second. <laughs> So, so you it's know, that immediacy. It's You're not enjoying that immediacy or that, uh, uh, I can't think of the word, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, you have to give it your full attention to stay in the game. That must be difficult for you. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's, it's difficult to give anything my full attention these days. <laughs> it's the world we live in. If you do decide to try out Nebulous, um, one of the things that they do is you get to pick out, and it is, again, frustrating to kind of figure out, but maybe we can all help each other. I don't know. <laughs> Um, That's if, what the clans are for. They're just support groups. If you do create uh, a character, when when you get to the main screen on the lower left hand side, there's like a little person, and it'll have a number. That's your ID. So if you want to join our clan, or if you're having trouble, um, connect with us on Band, which is another app that we use for our communication. It's our group app where everyone kind of joins in and chats and things like that. So you can send it to us there, maybe your ID, and we can add you somehow or not, depending on if we can figure it out. <laughs> I think there's a way to. I think there's a way to kind of like make it work. I sort of like that it's so like old school looking because uh-huh. it's there's just, something very eight um, bit about it. You know, there's yeah. something very like uh, asteroids. There's something very. It's asteroids like Windows ninety eight. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, I don't think it is. It's it's very Coleco, Coleco Vision, Atari. That's what it feels like to me. My name is Aaron Dicer. I play Nebulous. <laughs> Welcome to the sport group. All right. Uh, overall, though, it's it can be fun. It just it takes your attention and takes some getting used. Well, here's to. the thing. It's enough fun that we wanted to talk about it for our yeah, next segment for, sure. for the show. For sure. It's Absolutely. not like we're just going to pick you know an app that we're not enjoying to talk about. At least that's why I assume we're talking about it. It's because Question we did enjoy in it. the live chat, is it available in the app store? Yes, it is available. Yes. In, uh, and it is free. Yep, completely free. So that's a, that's also nice. Um, free is good. Free is always good. I, I think you can pay to remove the ads if you want to. I think you can also uh, go in and you can buy packs like that give you double XP or just things like that. I don't know that... I would ever do that because the ads don't bother me. Now, I, you know, we should say the ads are all dating ads. <laughs> the ads are all for websites for dating. Really? I haven't noticed that. All of them. I just ignore those ads. I do too. I do too. But you obviously figured out they were all dating ads. They're all dating ads. That's interesting. So you're going to have that in your face. That's so interesting because the ads on um, Adventure Capitalist, which by the way, I think is the the smartest advertising game ever existed because you have to watch ads to, to increase advance. your revenue, which is exactly what they're doing, increasing their revenue by you watching ads. Brilliant. Uh, they're all about other apps. Like every single one of them is like a different, you know, game you could play, that kind of stuff. So it's it's interesting. Uh, and I think it makes a lot of sense. But anyhow, I think it's it's all right. All right, you ready to move on to our buried treasure? I think it's all right. I think it's all right. I think it's just all right. It can be fun. It is fun. I like it. As long as you're not trying to watch a TV show you really want to watch. What are, what app did I talk about last week? Did I talk about Clash Royale last week? I think you did. Okay. Were you talking about an app for your buried treasure again? I was thinking about it. <laughs> you should. You should talk about whatever you want. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, Thanks for giving me permission. I'll start. I'll start. Uh, I will talk about House of Cards new season. I've watched the first couple episodes. Uh, and I would say this show, if you liked the first season... It's starting to find its real sense of that first season energy again in this this season. And it could change because, again, Netflix drops the whole show at the same time. 
But if you gave up on it, uh, you might want to catch up. It's, man, it's really... Is it picking up? Yeah, it's, that political stuff is just really interesting. And it's, you know, it's nice to think of, of you know, politicians in a fictional universe with all the politicians in the real universe we're dealing with right now. So I just like pretending... That are kind of like fictitious people. <laughs> right? That have walked out of like wonderland and want to be our president something i tweeted something yesterday about uh that every time i hear another political story i think the last one is that ben carson is now endorsing donald trump uh i just feel like i I, what i tweeted was that ashton kutcher is high-fiving the ghost of alan funt which is a pretty obscure reference to the fact that ashton kutcher did punked and alan funt did you know candid camera and we're being pranked i just feel like we're being pranked you know like somebody's going to jump out of the bushes at some point and go, just kidding. Here's your real candidates. You really want to be punked. <laughs> I do. I want it to be a joke. Did you know that it was Alan Fund? Mm-hmm. That there was a plane hijacking once? Yes. And they thought that it was fake? Yeah. Because everybody knew that he was a candid camera guy. And he was on the plane. And he was on the plane. Yeah. And he couldn't convince anybody that they really were being I know. hijacked. Because everyone that? thought that he was kidding around. Yeah. And then they were mad at him. Then they were mad at him that it wasn't a prank and that their time had been delayed because they still, after they landed, were waiting for him to say it. They're like, just say it. Just say you're on candid camera. And he's like, this is real life. <laughs> that is. Can you imagine? That must have been a really bad day for him because yeah. he's just like, here's all these people just, you know, mad at him. And he didn't do it. He didn't. It wasn't he didn't his, do anything. It wasn't he was hijacking. on the plane that was being hijacked. <laughs> Crazy. Oh, man. I wonder if Ashton Kutcher's ever dealt with anything like that. He probably did. Although his punk. his run was different because he was, you know, the face of other TV shows besides just that one. Like that 70s show? Yeah, because his, Alan Funt, he was just like associated with one big thing. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. What do you got? Um, I have two thoughts. One just popped into my head. Speaking of that 70s show, was it Fez? Uh-huh. The second episode of Fuller House, Wilmer Valderrama, has the girls going to, uh, like a like a dance club. Okay, and we have more of an experience of like their dynamic and their relationships uh-huh. or whatever. Okay, I can't believe you watched another episode. Kimmy Gibbler, her ex, her husband that they're like getting like they're divorcing or whatever. He uh-huh. still loves her and he's like this cheating dancing guy and he's really cheating dancing guy. Yeah. In this in this episode, he's okay. the cheating dancing guy. He is I think trying to embody Fez. Really? Because like do a Fez impersonation? He has a very similar like approach in a way. Like he's just this anyway, if you if you watch that episode, I'm curious if you if you agree with me that or I don't know if this character is going to come. I'm sure he's going to be around many, many times. But he just had that 70s show kind of feel like that foreign guy that just kind of says stuff that he doesn't know that he's saying and, yeah. and is kind of silly and stupid, but yeah. also hot. <laughs> you know, you know, that character, that character, dancing, cheating guy. Um, My buried treasure for today, I think, is going to be the app Clean Master because okay. it has totally confused my life i i got it it's a um app that is intended to help you run your phone more efficiently okay because my phone has been really messed up for about eight months so it's like a butler for your phone kind of yeah okay and i'm trying to figure out what's going on with it without having to wipe it clean or Mm -hmm. whatever and it's not that i'm like full on memory it's that i'll be at 30 percent battery and then it'll just die 
It'll just tank. It'll tank. So I'm like, what is what's going on in the background of my phone that's yeah. running all these things? And I'm constantly shutting stuff down. So I decided to try Clean Master, which is one of the apps that's suggested in the app store for trying to keep your phone running efficiently. And it has overcomplicated my relationship with my phone. And so I can't tell if I like it or if I'm mad at it. So where do you lean? Right now, I think I'm mad at it. Okay. You know, do you know so the it's feeling, buried treasure you might want to leave buried? You know, you know the feeling of like, okay, so let's say that you were wanting to clean your house, and someone said, "I've got a really great cleaning product for you." Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a black light. <laughs> and then you go. That's such a great metaphor. You turn off the That's light. So great. And then suddenly you're like. <laughs> My entire house needs to be burned to the ground. Right. Okay, so the Clean Master is like that for your phone. It's black light for your phone. It doesn't <laughs> do anything about it. It just lets you know it's a mess. <laughs> it does It does give you options of shutting apps down for right. you and right. things like that. But after the movie yesterday, I had turned all of my apps off on my phone and everything. The movie ends and I, I open my phone and it's like 107 apps are running in the background. Yeah. Shut them down if you want to boost up, you know, the quality of your phone. By the way, a movie theater in another place, you probably don't want a black light. <laughs> that is so true. That's disgusting. So I'm just like, how do I even have 107 apps running at once? Uh, they're not actually. So. So it's like you'd almost like. you. Like I'd you rather stay not know. Exactly. You want to live in denial. I don't right? want to know what the it's black the light same shows. Way, right. It's exactly it's the much. same way about you, you see these commercials or these these information these studies done on fecal matter and how it's oh well, like it's all everywhere over everything and yeah you know do the the camera that shows it through black light or whatever you just don't want to know you don't want to like, know i live my life i understand there's a part of it that's just disgusting and that actually helps keeps my immune system going i just don't want to know because clean master is like the thing that like gives you an alert hey your battery is overheating hey this hey that you know and some of it's like okay oh so suddenly i'm like worried about my phone even more <laughs> even though i think it's doing what it's i think it's helping me and it clears out like i've cleared seven gigs of of data off my phone since getting it yeah in total and so like the phone uses all these different files to store things to keep you know, apps running efficiently that it doesn't necessarily need to have any. So it clears out all that cash for me. So it's yeah. like, oh, I just gained three gigs by clicking this button. That's cool. But then there's like 13 other things that this app is telling me that I've got to do. It's like having a newborn or something. <laughs> so anyhow, I can't tell if I like it or not. I Oh, you can tell. I you have, don't like it. I have been, I have been impressed that it'll say, you know, your phone is overheating. It's like 137 <laughs> degrees or something. <laughs> And cool it down, and I'll click the button, and I actually feel my phone cool down. That's, nice. That's kind of cool. So it, it does do I get stuff. Kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, works well. Uh, denial's the best. Yeah, I think I'm going to go back. Uh, the phrase, I'm just delete the it. phrase ignorance is bliss is a phrase for a reason. Maybe like, that should be the title of my review for the app <laughs> in the Google App Store is ignorance is bliss. Yes. I just don't <laughs> want to know what my phone is doing. Uh, that's amazing. <laughs> That blacklight example is so perfect. I'm glad I impressed you. Yeah, with no, my, it's a great metaphor. With my example. That's a great um, metaphor. I have that happen sometimes where uh-huh. I get really impressive. So. Yeah. Black lights and door handles. Don't ever don't ever mix them. You'll never <laughs> touch another door handle again. That's why people wear or desks. Gloves. Or desks. By the way, let me just tell you, I read a study. Uh I don't know if I've told this story on, on the podcast. I read a study about how desks are the most dirty part of your environment mm-hmm. and people don't even realize it. It's like, that can't be true. I don't care. Germs are great. So I licked my desk 
I was sick for a week. I learned my lesson. Guys, guys, I know you've been thinking about it. Don't lick your desks. Don't do it. Don't ever lick your desks. It's a bad, bad, bad idea. This is your public service announcement. <laughs> do not lick your desk. Don't ever lick your desks. Well, there you go. It's another episode of Sif Pop in the can. Speaking of fecal matter. Gross. <laughs> Let's put it into a can that has like a proper liner. There you go. Not like a... I don't understand. Can you, can you help me with something before we close out this show? Mm-hmm. I don't understand how when I remove the liner from a trash can that I cleaned, all of a sudden it's dirty again. Like, I don't get it. Like, the liner's supposed to keep it from getting dirty. What is happening? It's are all my of children, the mites. Are my children sneaking stuff in between the liner and the no. trash can? The mites that live inside of our furniture will migrate to the can, and that's where they go. <laughs> that's where they go. You're saying it's the mites. It's the mites. All right. Good to know. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us today. Sif Pop is part of the Shoe the Dough podcast network. You can find out more about other live and later shows on the network by following the feed at Mixler.com slash Shoe the Dough. That's M-I-X-L-R dot com slash Shoe the Dough. You can also find out more about Aaron and Danae at AaronandDanae.com. Uh, someone in the chat just said they licked their desk. <laughs> You're going to pay for it. Oh. You're just going to pay for Don't it. Don't blame us. Huge thanks to uh, our guest today, Meg. Thanks for joining us. Woo-hoo! Go see Big Hero 6 as soon as possible. <laughs> uh, also, much love and gratitude to our Patreon supporters for giving monthly to make the show and others on the Shoot the Dough Network possible. Support starts at a dollar a month. Comes with some pretty fun perks. You can find out more at patreon.com slash Aaron and Danae. Also, if you know of a podcast or have a podcast idea you'd like to see on the network, let us know. All feedback welcome at Aaron and Danae at gmail.com. Meg, what did you learn today? She learned to not lick her desk. That's a good thing to learn. That's smart. Or have your hands on your desk and lick your hands. Or a doorknob. Never lick a doorknob, never lick a desk. Maybe don't lick anything that's not Listen, guys, this is the reason we exist. (laughs) To make sure you know what not to lick. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.